and welcome to Hopsack, a beer podcast with an InfoSack problem. I am Ethan, your host, and I'm here today with Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, beer podcast with an InfoSec problem. Yeah, I love that. Like that. Are you in, I think you're in InfoSec if you want to talk a little bit about it or not. Yeah, so uh, sure. So the, the quick and dirty is uh, I'm Kyle, Kyle Haxley on the Twitter sphere. I'm a cloud security architect, so been huge into this whole cloud security and cloud problem for the last few years, and it's been a lot of fun especially with how fast cloud is moving and how many different businesses are taking cloud on. It's really interesting field. It's, it hasn't left me bored, which is awesome because I've been told that when I'm bored, I'm a pain in the butt. Uh, just ask my wife. Uh, but aside from doing cloud security as a day job, um, I'm also a SANS instructor that I teach cloud security. So when I'm not actually implementing cloud security solutions and advising uh, groups on how to be secure in the cloud. I'm teaching cloud security. I actually just wrote a course on cloud security as well, SEC48 Cloud Security Essentials. And then on top of that, I also organize OpenSOC, which is a blue team threat hunting capture the flag that runs at DEF CON uh, for the last two years and will be running again this year very excited about that. So you get to be the threat hunter, the investigator, the forensicator, any other aiders you want to add to that um, while you have a live crew actually attacking the infrastructure, so our range. And it's brought a lot of different experiences and really cool messages across. You know, we've had folks that are just getting into threat hunting or incident response to seasoned vets they're just always learning something. And to me, that's an amazing opportunity to give back to the community. What's also unique about our Capture the Flag, all the tools we use, open source. Nice. All at the low, low cost of free 99, which mm -hmm. is awesome too. So it's also to demonstrate that you don't need billion dollar tools to be able to accomplish a goal or a task to secure an environment. And so, Everything you use is open source, and we're really focusing on the methodologies and the tasks that you would do to be able to find threats and investigate versus focusing on how the product works. So a quick question about that, if you don't mind. So do people have to, obviously this year is gonna be a little different, but for the past few years, people like, you tell people what they need to have before they show up to participate or, they roll in and say, hey, I want to do this. And then you're like, okay, you have to install this, this, and this, and this. And so they don't need to install anything. We provide the whole stack for them to leverage to be able to capture the flag or find the flag. Now, we do have folks that say, hey, what tool set do you use? And we tell them we use Greylog, Velociraptor, Waza, and all these other different tools. But you can come with zero experience or all the experience in the world and I think take away something from it. Pretty sweet. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. We typically house ourselves in the blue team village, but in, in safe mode, we're still, you know, the blue team village we have much love for. Those are, you know, our OG fam. But uh, this year, because we won't be 
unfortunately visiting in person this year. Um, you know, we'll, we're still affiliated with the Blue Team Village and that, that's, our, that's our home. Those are our friends and family. However, it was just, you know, physical limitations that we're not going to be in the Blue Team Village. We're going to be in the cloud. We're going to be in the cloud. Cloud Village. Very good. Okay. Let's talk about beer. I love beer. I know. I know. <laughs> Somehow, Matt, I think it was a death one, right? That was yeah, uh, 24. Yeah. At the Hacker Beer Snob Share. Yeah. In the Valley Suite. Thanks to uh, thanks to whomever donated that room at the time. Yeah, that was a great time. Yeah, the Bally's one. Yeah, so that was Lay and I think uh, Irish also helped with that. And yeah, I, that's how I that's how I met Irish. Yep. Um, Ryan still provided like the best s'mores beer that I've ever had <laughs> from his his brewery that he's affiliated with. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, I still use that beer as like a like a high bar when it comes to other like s'mores beers. Yep. Ryan was supposed to be on the show, and then pandemics happened because we live close by, right? So I'm like, I don't want to do this over Zoom. It says, well, we can do it. I'm like, but I have like a large format beer that I want to share with you. And I want to see his like excitement, hopefully, when we have that. So we're yeah. kind of waiting for the show to be a little bit better. And then maybe we'll, we'll find a, an outdoor space we can record this, which is going to be fun. But yeah, that was, I remember that bottle share was fun. I remember after the bottle. Oh, that was, that was killer. That was a great time. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, beer has introduced me to some of the coolest people I know. And I'm not saying that like if you don't drink beer, you're not going to meet cool people. It's just that seems to be like my journey, because when I was a wee young lad, I was super shy, and then beer made me a social butterfly somehow. But <laughs> it's just, you know, taking a group of people from all over the world. I mean, like at DEF CON, people are literally from everywhere in the world yep. to share beer from their region and locale and like tell the story behind it. Like, oh, this was a beer that I bought at a, a grocery store. Or, hey, this was a special release from this brewery in my hometown. Let me tell you about it. Or in Ryan's case, he's flexing like, yeah, this is a beer that I made. <laughs> And a really good one. Yeah, damn good. So what got you into craft beer? Because I don't know that. So I actually didn't start drinking until I was 24. I'm carry the two. I'm 33 now. So yeah, I, I didn't start drinking until I was 24. And I lived in Seattle at the time. And at the time, it was like, and I still think it is, one of the meccas of craft beer. And when I didn't drink, you know, I, I had friends that did. I was always that designated driver friend. You're welcome, everyone. But when I did decide that I wanted to drink beer, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick my pinky out and I'm going to be high class about it. And so there was this brewery that wasn't far from my house called Red Hook. And Red Hook was pretty popular craft beer spot. And craft beer, if we're talking about, not necessarily like the size of the brewery, but just they did good beer. 
And so I decided to give it a shot. And the first beer I had was a double chocolate stout. And so for the longest time, I actually did not like IPAs. I thought they were the most disgusting thing on earth. And so I drank stouts, porters, and some barley wines for the longest time. And actually Red Hook had this ice box. And again, being new to craft beer, I didn't know what an ice box was. All I know is it's super cold and super smooth. So I'm sitting in my apartment in Seattle and I'm like, oh, I don't get the whole hoopla behind it. You know, this thing is super smooth. Then I go to stand up, I'm like, where did my legs go? <laughs> because I didn't understand anything about IBUs. I mean, I knew what ABV was, but I didn't know what the ABV was of that particular beer. I just knew it wasn't bitter. It didn't taste like a beer, it tasted like cold water at the time. And then I quickly learned that uh, high alcohol beers can taste like nothing. And then just being immersed in like one of the coolest beer cities um, is what got me into it. Just, you know, I, I didn't drink till I was 24 because just uh, that's how I was. But I decided if I was going to drink beer, I wanted to be picky about it. I wanted to go to the brewery, understand it. And I did the Red Hook Brewery tour like five or six times with my friends and I was always giving them my tasters. So I got to become fascinated with the process of creating beer too. It was just like an, an art form. You know, it's kind of like, you know, cooking. There is no, I mean, there is science associated with making a beer, but a lot of these awesome beers I found, you just, you're talking to the brewmaster and they're kind of like, yeah, I kind of felt like I wanted to do it this way. There's no proven formula, which I love about it. So that's how you get so many awesome varieties. Yep. But also it's a challenge. Like I, I suck at making beer, but it's also a challenge when you make, if you're, let's say eyeballing, right? If you're kind of mm -hmm. like eyeballing, you make something that it works. It's like how, like you, consistency is very important, right? For craft beer. So you have to yeah. remember how you did something. And, and when things go wrong, they, they can also go wrong very badly, right? I think Lagunitas has a beer called Lagunitas Sucks because they forgot to buy one of the main ingredients for another beer. So they made the beer, it was really good, but uh, I think it was the brown sugar. They have a, a beer called brown sugar. I think they forgot to buy yeah. something. So they're like, yeah, the beer is drinkable. It's good. We can market that, but obviously we cannot call this name without the main ingredient, so let's call Lagunitas Sucks. And it was decent. Yeah, Lagunitas is actually, uh, I want to say, three, three and a half hours west of where I'm at. <laughs> you know, and not even just craft beer, you mentioned consistency. Um, you know, I can't even hate on like breweries like Budweiser and Coors. You look at the volume that they crank out beer and how consistent it is. Yep. I mean, that just, that's mind blowing to me. I mean, Sam Adams also, and you look at these high volume breweries and granted, are they the first beer I'm going to ask for if I go to, you know, a beer bar or just a bar in general? No, but you got to appreciate just how they have it down to a literal science where it's consistent at the volume that they're producing. Yep. And not only in one facility, right? In multiple facilities. Yeah. 
So from Red Hook, then you eventually, so now you are, where, where, where is your home base now? So I'm in Northern Nevada. I'm in Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city in the world. That's our tagline. <laughs> but what's awesome about Reno is the economy of Reno. When I was growing up here, until you were the age of 21, there wasn't shit to do. Like you couldn't do anything. It was primarily gaming, like casinos, tobacco and alcohol sales. And we actually had a scholarship that was funded by <laughs> tobacco and alcohol sales. It was called the Millennium Scholarship. And so when I moved away, I moved to Seattle and that's where I got hooked on Red Hook, no pun intended there, <laughs> and came back. The city of Reno was just totally revitalized. They were changing their economy to local businesses, awesome places that are great to eat. And then breweries started kind of sprouting up. So you always had Great Basin, who is, I don't want to say like the Budweiser of Reno, because that could be kind of insulting. I'm not saying Budweiser is not great, but they've been like the craft brewery of Reno for the longest time. But then you have the one of the founders of Knee Deep, who was from Reno, open a brewery here in Reno called Revision. And if you look up Revision and Great American Beer Festival, they just, they got the blame. It's crazy. They are winning so many different categories. They have this one beer called Dr. Lupulin, and it's a triple IPA. It is a triple that does not taste like a triple. It tastes like just a regular IPA. Well, super and it's a, drinkable and... Yeah, so you remember how I mentioned, you know, I had the ice box and I stood up and I was like, where are my legs? Uh, this beer sits at 11%, does not taste like it's that high. That's insane. But he also crushes it with like the hazy IPAs too. So there's this one beer called Smoke and Mirrors. And it tastes like Sunny Delight, <laughs> but it's a hazy IPA, and I think it sits at like nine percent. And it's really an IPA, right? It's not one of yeah. the newer beers that the, what I've been drinking a lot, like the kettle sours or fruity beers or Berliners that are like yeah. No, this is like the New England style hazy IPA. So it's really like the hops that are giving like the the juiciness and the. the yeah, and then the adjunct they add, like maybe during like the dry hop process or whatever other insert scientific term while you're brewing beer. Uh, this is why I drink beer and try not to make it. Um, they they bring the IBU down. So for those that aren't familiar with the IBUs, like I was at one point in my life, uh, think of it as like a thermometer. The higher the IBU, uh, the more bitter it's going to taste. And I know that's not proper grammar. But so if it's like 100 IBU, it's going to be very bitter, very smack you in the face. Uh, your taste buds are going to become taste foes. The lower the IBU are typically the sweeter beers like, you know, barley wines, porters, stouts, fruit beers, where you don't really get that, you know, pucker face in a sense. But with these hazy beers, they're taking an IPA and then bringing it, the IBUs down because of that, that goose or what they're adding in the dry hop process or just the adjunct. 
And so you have that alcohol content of a double IPA, but the taste of just juice. So do you happen Wait. to know for how, how long when when uh, revision came out? Because I had no idea it came from the dude was from Newbeat. So I want to say that they opened. Let's see. I have a weird way of finding out timelines, and it's not because I'm Googling it. It's where I was in life. <laughs> so I was living in like downtown. I want to say it was like four years ago. Yeah, I want to say about four years ago that they opened. And they're in this awesome warehouse where it's their production brewery. And then they have like a, you know, safety fence. But you can sit, drink beer, eat food while watching the whole production process happen. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, like there'll be times where, you know, before the pandemic happened where you'll have, you know, distributor trucks pulling up and you see these walls of kegs just being delivered onto these trucks, all these cans, and they go. It's not uncommon for it to smell like cornflakes when they're brewing the beer. It's really, really cool. Nice. Yeah, you, you gave me a couple of their beers, and at the time, I, I never heard of it. You're like, I have some revision beer for you. I'm like, cool, what is that? You're like, check, check GABF. I'm like, oh, crap, thank you. <laughs> and it was really, really good. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's fun because in Chicago now. I think we can find not all of them, but a, like a couple of them of the beer styles. The, the beer. Yeah, so man, cool. it's it's crazy the distribution reach that he's got, and it's so cool that you know they're putting Reno on the map. You know, and they're not one of they're not the only great brewery that's here in Reno, but you for some reason like I'm in New York City, and I go to one of my favorite beer bars. And, you know, me being me, I'm now a social butterfly because of beer. And they're just like, oh, hey, isn't Revision from your hometown, Kyle? I'm like, yeah, it is. They're like, we just got some. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm on the opposite coast and it's there, which is just like, damn. That's good cool. on you. That's, that's crazy. That's an awesome accomplishment. Yeah. And you but know, it's also fun to be like a, in the city where a brewery is because you can be like the test subjects of beers that might not really go past the city. Yeah. The good, the good ones and the bad ones here. That's yeah. There's another brewery here in Reno that's just crushing it too. It's called lead dog. Hmm. Uh, oh my gosh. So if you didn't already know about me, I'm a huge, fan of Disneyland. I'm just like a nerd when it comes to Disneyland. And I love tiki drinks like Trader Sam's, um, you know, is there at Disneyland and Disney World. But then they also have like the Dole Whip float, which is pineapple frozen yogurt. And Lead Dog made this beer that tasted like the Dole Whip. But it was a double IPA. Oh, how is that possible? wizardry that's what i'm convinced it is it's all wizardry and uh yeah so lead dogs and awesome brewery and then what's great about being in reno we're not far from other awesome breweries like sacramento i wouldn't say it's a stone's throw away but 
you can go to Sacramento and enjoy yourself in Sacramento and drive back all in a day. So there's a, there's a brewery called Moonraker, which is over by knee deep. So we're by like the Auburn Municipal Airport and they're putting out some, what do the cool kids say now? They're just putting out some fire. <laughs> it's awesome beer. Like they have great West Coast IPAs where they're just like the clean, crisp and bright beers. And then they do awesome things with hazy IPAs too. But yeah, just anything they put out. And then when I was actually heading to Russian River for Plainy the Younger, uh, my friends and I found out about this brewery called Slice, which apparently one of the brewers or brewmasters, and I don't want to mix, mess this up because I don't want someone getting mad, but someone from Moonraker started their own brewery, and it's in an area called Lincoln, California. And Lincoln, California is a very small town. Like, you, you imagine a Northern California small town that's just kind of like on a grid. And then there's like this giant railway that runs through it. Yeah. That's Lincoln, California. <laughs> it's an awesome vibe, but there's a brewery called Life that's there. And they're putting out awesome beers too. Never heard of that one. Good. Their, their tap room isn't huge, which is even better in my opinion. It's very intimate. And when we went, we waited in line for like, 30 minutes we didn't know that we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into we didn't know there was like a release going on but we waited in line for 30 minutes and finally got a seat at the table you know when social congregation was okay and we just enjoyed the heck out of it great beers great vibe being able to sit on like this table that's almost on the sidewalk but still part of the tap room yeah that was awesome did you get to go to Moxa or Fieldwork in Sacramento or in that area? Or? So I've been to Fieldwork before and I love their beers. I've had beers from Moxa but have not been there in person. That's definitely like on the old little bucket list of places to check out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a place that if you are in that area, you really should go. Pretty cool tap room, uh, great beers. So, field work. When I went to field work for the first time, it was after going to Rare Barrel in Berkeley, and now field work has opened a room in Sacramento. Yep. Yeah, they're in Sacramento. They're in San Mateo. The original one is Berkeley. Yeah, they have like. Probably four or five five locations now. Yeah, there's certainly, there's actually a kind of cool and I don't want to say it's underrated, but it, it's part of the UC Davis campus called Sidework. Hmm. It's it's crazy. So you're in this brewery. That's, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering the story and someone understands this brewery that I'm talking about, but it's part of the UC Davis campus as part of their brewer program because UC Davis also has like a um, winemaker program or someone that's responsible for vineyards for wineries and to get to their restroom 
you're going through this campus. So you're walking by classrooms and lockers and you then immediately have vivid flashbacks of not great times in high school and middle school and every other school that you didn't like. <laughs> then you try to get the hell out of there as soon as you can. But it's, uh, it's crazy because the students will make a beer and then once the beer's gone, it's gone. So you get some like unique opportunity to try some pretty interesting beers. That's really cool. Speaking of beer, what beer are you drinking? This is the Good Good from the Separatist Project. They're in Pittston, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And you just got it today? <laughs> yeah. So when uh, I realized that my my supply was running low, and by running low, I mean it was absolutely gone. I was like, I cannot have, I can't not, not have a beer and be on a beer podcast. That is correct. Especially with you, because I'd be like, man, I got to flex hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so there's this awesome bottle shop here in Reno called Craft. And that's been like my shaman throughout my beer adventure when it comes to just trying new styles, new beers. And in fact, right when this whole pandemic started, I don't know how, but he got nine cases of Heady Topper and Focal Banger. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, of course, needless to say, I had to go there to buy a case of Heady Topper and a case of Focal Banger. <laughs> and uh, my bill wasn't cheap, but it was so worth it. But happy in quarantine was a, was a happy quarantine. Yeah, I mean, I'm really the quintessential quarantine 15 before and after. I mean, my <laughs> hair is now down almost to my chin. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if anyone needs a before and after of quarantine, uh, I'm your guy. But he just gets all this crazy stuff. And what's awesome, too, is that he's really into natural wine. The, the the owner tie and uh, so I wasn't really into wine until he showed me the way of natural wine and think of it as kind of like a sour now I, I don't drink sours because I get instant heartburn like no other I have no idea why but these natural wines are just so cool and it's almost like a hazy wine like you have unfiltered you have bottle fermented so, like so you have like a, almost kind of like a kombucha yeah like a good kombucha like one that you'd want to drink again yeah people like a lot of people that we know like kombucha i like kombucha but i had natural wine for the first time a couple of weeks ago i'm like yeah this is good like it's i still like the other wine but i get why people might might like natural wines and yeah so I've found the term of natural wine that I like. It's called pet nat, where it's carbonated. Mm. So it makes me feel like I'm drinking beer. Mm. But I'm classy because I'm drinking wine. <laughs> but so, no, it's uh so yeah, that was that's a, a great place. And 
different styles and he gets stuff from everywhere. So yeah, this is the good good that I'm actually ran out of. So I knew that I should come prepared. So the next one that I'm going to open is from Von, Von Everett, E-V-E-R-T, called Vector 7. It's a cool label. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I had another one from them over the weekend, and it was a Northwest style IPA. And I was like, what's Northwest? And it honestly reminded me of having an IPA back in the Pacific Northwest. It was just like poppy and bright and clean. I mean, it was still 7%, yep. but damn, was it good. Like it reminded you of what Pacific Northwest beer is. So now I'm going to have to look for Northwest IPAs. Yeah, so you have the New England style IPAs. Now you got Northwest. First time I hear of that, that's kind of cool. Well, it existed before, but yeah. The, so travel, before this whole thing happened, we used to travel a lot for work and whatnot. So what are your favorite beer destinations when you just happen to go there for work? You know, there's a... Besides Chicago. That's a, that's a trick question because I love Chicago. I love the Chicago breweries, even though I've discovered that a lot of the breweries I like that are from quote unquote Chicago are from like five minutes outside of the state of Illinois, like Three Floyds. Yep. But I would have to say New York City is probably hands down one of my favorite like beer cities uh, for, diff for different reasons. So you have, you know, the boroughs and in Long Island City, which is almost Queens-ish, and I'm sorry for anyone from New York City and correcting me and they're going, it's not Queens. LIC Beer Project is in Long Island City and it is an awesome brewery. So I actually came across LIC Beer Project when I was visiting New York City like two, two years ago for work. And I found this beer bar in Hell's Kitchen called As Is. And this beer bar, they don't have the big kegs. They have like the small kegs of the hard to find, maybe one or two off type beers. And then once it's done, it's done. And I have found some of the coolest beers at this beer bar. I mean, they also serve it in like a nice tiku glass. And you go there one night, you have a whole board of different beers. You could go back the next night and everything's changed. Oh wow. That's just how small the barrels that they hold. And so I was just asking about, you know, hey, um, can I get like a hazy IPA? Uh, because the one I was wanting, which was called M -m -m Mimosa, <laughs> which is also really funny to say out loud, um, which was like a collab from Evil Twin, I think, was out. And they're like, here, try this. It's, it's local. And the can art was awesome. It was like this graffiti artwork. I'm huge into graffiti art. And... I found out that this brewery, I mean, at the time I was like, oh, that's not far, but it was really like 35 minutes away via Uber. 
I was like, maybe I shouldn't leave the island. I should go back to my hotel after this. But then a year later, I was in Midtown, New York. I have friends and family in New York, and so I visit the East Coast a lot, particularly, particularly for family. And I'm in Midtown, New York. There's this beer spot that I find called City Beer. And this place reminded me of kind of like a upscale version of craft that's here in Reno. And so I go in and they have like four or five LIC beers on the board. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. So I start drinking one and come to find out they were doing a tap takeover where the brewer and a couple other people were there representing the brewery. And then I started, you know, bantering back and forth with them. We become friends. So now every time I go to New York City, I hit up LIC Beer Project. And it's like a little family reunion. It's like when all of us see each other again at DEF CON. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, my friends that I haven't seen in forever, but it's like we just pick up where we left off. But hands down, my favorite beer bar that I've ever been to, ever. Blind Tiger in Greenwich Village. Blind Tiger. Blind Tiger in Greenwich Village. It's off of uh, Bleecker and, uh, yeah, I'll just. People can Google, that's fine. Yeah, uh, but Blind Tiger is so cool. Uh, it's across the street from John's on Bleecker, which is a pizza, pizza spot, which is really good. But Blind Tiger, they actually, I did not know this when I came across it. They're like a highly rated, like highly coveted beer bar across the U.S. So why, why are they so special? Why do you like them? It's like the hard wood that they have, the natural burning fireplace, the fact that everyone there treats you like family. And in fact, I go there so frequently. My wife was in New York City with her girlfriend for a, uh, like a comedy show or a concert. Oh. And she took her friend to Blind Tiger. <laughs> she sat down at the bar and they're like, hey, uh, where's Kyle? <laughs> it's just this weird, I wouldn't say weird, weird's the wrong word. It's just this cool family vibe. And it just kind of goes with, you know, if you treat people caringly, um, it, it will be reciprocated. And that's what makes me so fascinated about beer. Again, taking it back to, I met so many cool people just from beer. Yeah. You know, and of course, I like to spread the love. So whenever I go to a new city or go back to cities I've been to, I try to bring a little taste from home to share just yep. to spread the love. So I was looking here because I know, have you heard of the, or have you been to the Pony Bar in New York City? The Pony Bar? No, I have not. Pony Bar is a beer bar. It's actually the hangout where the, the founders of Untapped, that's where they used to hang out, apparently. But Pony Bar had two locations. One of them closed and used to be in Hell's Kitchen, the one that shut down. And when I looked up on the map where S is, is, 
I thought it was the location of Pony Bar, but no, it's on 10th Avenue as well. But it's probably within the same block. Now it has another name. It's called Hellcat Annie's Tap Room, the old Pony Bar. But it's walking, very walking distance to as is. So I don't know how good or bad Hellcat Annie's is, but um, Tree Hell's Kitchen, go to where Kyle said you should go. Yeah, as is, is uh, it's, it's a really cool place for if you want to try like, you know, one-off beers and then kind of get going. If you want to hunker down and have like the hands down the most amazing grilled cheese and tomato soup that I've ever eaten, uh, Blind Tiger. I've, I've sat there all day, whether that's something to be proud of or not. Did Sorry, you mom, you're so listening. So you know file, and then let us know what happens. Yeah, so if you're forcefully removed, I do not apologize. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great place, great vibe, awesome people that work there, and they get some of the most delicious beers. And that's one of the things that I love about going, going to places like Blind Tiger. Like, yeah, it's nice to be able to go to a city's brewery, like, or all the different breweries that are in the city. But if you're limited on time, find a good beer bar that will have the different breweries that are from that city. And it's kind of like a one-stop shop. Of course, that doesn't replace like the fun experience of being able to go, say like, yeah, I went to LIC Beer Project or other half or insert other brewery name here. But you get to taste those beers as fresh as they can get from that city. And that, that itself is an awesome experience. Yeah. But Blind Tiger is just, I, I keep going back because of the people, the regulars there. Uh, they're awesome. So you actually have uh, this group of guys. You have three Johns and a Julian. So you have three gentlemen that are named John and then a Julian. And they go there every Saturday morning. <laughs> and uh, there was a time where I was going back to New York City like almost every other month for a couple of months. And uh, they looked at me and they're like, you're like the regular that doesn't even live here. And to me, that was like a badge of honor. I was just like, I'm in. I made friends. And you were talking about city beer. Is that only, is that a beer store or is it just a bar? Uh, so it's a, it's a beer store. So they do beer to go. Um, and then they have like 10 taps. Oh, nice. And they also have awesome grilled cheese sandwiches. I think you like grilled cheese, don't you? I just love food. Let's well, be real. We all do. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Angel, who's the manager there, uh, he's an awesome guy. He's always looking out. Um, you know, when he knows I'm in New York City, he'll let me know if he got something that's hard to come by so I can come in and cool. drink it with him. And Yeah, it's just like I mentioned, beer has introduced me to some of the coolest people that I have, that I know. Nice. What other place have you been that you would like this place? When I go, when work sends me there, I'm really happy and I'm gonna feel like home or better in terms of beer. So another one that's kind of like off the beaten path, believe it or not, is Wichita, Kansas. Wow. So there's a brewery called Central Standard Brewery. 
And when I started with my current employer, um, you know, I was looking up like, all right, what breweries can I go check out? And I found out that this brewery called Central Standard Brewing had just opened up. And so I walk in and they had at the time like two sours, an IPA, and then this homemade soda. And now fast forward five years later, they're just crushing it. Like I mentioned Moonraker and Revision and Slice, like on the West Coast that are near me are crushing it. This brewery in Wichita, Kansas, you can put them up against each other and it would be, it would be a battle. Like they have such a diverse like lineup of beer that they come out with. Yeah. And it's fun because uh, during the summertime, they have this beer called Yard Games. And Yard Games is just like a nice, such, it's almost like an umbrella of, it's going to be a nice, sessionable, easy to drink. It's hot outside. Don't want to drink something too heavy type beer. And then they'll come out with different flavors. One was like an Arnold Palmer, which was super tasty. Another one was like a, I want to say blueberry lemonade. And then my personal favorite was uh, whistle tips. Remember that that uh, video of Bub Rub and Little Sis with the whistle tips and the exhaust? Yeah. Yeah. So they have a beer called whistle tips. And in the beer description, it goes, the whistle tips go, woo, woo. <laughs> but it's a double IPA and it is phenomenal. But yeah, I, if you were to tell me, yeah, one of the, like, one of my favorite breweries is in Wichita, I would have been five years ago, you're crazy. But uh, yeah, that, uh, if you're in Wichita or near Wichita, don't sleep on it. It's an awesome brewery. Did you go to Orlando sometime last year or am I going crazy? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, well, I mean, we're all crazy. But yeah, I was in Orlando, uh, what was it, like Halloween of last year? Yeah, it was late October. Okay. And unfortunately, I didn't go to any breweries at that time. No. No, I did go to uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Well, you like Disney, so I think you're you're happy to be there. Yeah. Um, But as far as, now I will say um, Tampa, I've been to Tampa Bay once. By the way, in the Ebor district of Tampa, there's wild roosters everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so this is kind of lining up to like my whole craft beer story. Like, again, I wasn't into IPAs until like two or three years into drinking beer. And I'm all about pumpkin beers. Yep, I said it. And so one day I just Googled like best pumpkin beers. And then this brewery called Cigar City popped up. And they were rated like one of the highest pumpkin beers ever. And I was like, you know what? I wish I could have that. And then one day work was like, all right, so you're going to go to Tampa. I'm like, all right, cool. And this was maybe like November, December time where Good Gourd, which is the the beer I'm talking about from Cigar City, 
would be released in like or like September. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll at least get to go to Cigar City and check it out. So I go to Cigar City with a, a couple colleagues. And not only did they have good gourd on draft, they had it on nitro. Ooh. And I was geeking out so hard. My colleagues did not know what the hell was going on, but I was just like, oh my God, this is the best pumpkin beer that's rated. And they not only have it on draft, they have it on nitro. And it was delicious. It certainly lived up to expectations. And what made it even better was they have a brewery dog named Egg, who looks like a golden lab, or like a yellow lab mated with a corgi. This is this is Egg. Now this is like a few years ago, before Cigar City um, sold to was it AB InBev? I don't think they did. Or Anheuser InBusch. Um, I don't think so. I think they're still independent. Oscar Blues. Oh, that's right. And I mean, I still love their beer. Like, just because Ballast Point got bought out doesn't mean I'm not going to like Ballast Point anymore. By the way, if you start a brewery in your garage and then sell it for millions of dollars and people are hating on you, I mean, well, but it's just silly. Yeah, but Bellas Point got sold twice, right? Once for a million dollars, one billion dollars, one billion dollars, and then again to uh, some local brewery out of the burbs in Chicago that I don't think they paid one billion or anything close to that. But I still like their beers. Their tap room in Chicago is still closed. Uh, they shut down before the pandemic because of this whole cell like mm -hmm. fired kind of thing. So I think it was unintentionally the best time they could have done to shut down. But they, if you check their social media, they're, they claim they're going to open soon because they have like a nice patio and stuff like that. So well, that's nice. So whenever you come back to Chicago, they go there. But back to pumpkin beers. I didn't know you like pumpkin, pumpkin beers. But I saw on your untapped that one of the beers that you most mostly liked was the Run Barrel Age Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Oh yeah, from uh, was that Great Divide? Yeah. No, should... Southern Southern Tier. Southern Tier, yeah. Yeah. So, the the Pumpkin. I don't think I ever had the Run Barrel Age, but I'm like, oh, this exists, and it's it's a kick to the chest. It, uh, it, it's got that boozy flavor from what I remember. And, but it's just, yeah, the great pumpkin, uh, good gourd. Oh, my friend has a pumpkin beer from Bottle Logic. Oh. It's an imperial barrel aged pumpkin beer that he's holding on for me. Nice. And I know if I were to grab it from him, I would drink it while it's 100 degrees outside. So I'm going to let him just cellar it for me. <laughs> Halloween in July in Reno. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you get really good beers? Because you gave me some good beers and you gave me like a beer. I'm like, I'm really looking for this. You're like, I'll make it happen. I'm like, no. And then it, it appeared. I was looking for the Firestone Walker Parabola Coconut. Oh, the, the per was it the Paraba Java? 
No, it was the rye, rye barrels, coconut. Yeah. I'm like, oh, when I opened that bottle, it was like, oh, it's so good. So you, you enjoyed it, huh? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I love coconut beers. Social butterfly, I guess. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say, like, I'm, I'm cool to be like, oh, yeah, people send me all this beer. I'm just grateful that I have, you know, friends that either, you know, are close to me or friends that have friends that, they're all just about sharing love because let's be honest, the secondary market is bullshit. Yep. People will go on there and try to sell a Hunapoo stout that they got for maybe like 20 bucks. If you consider their ticket price and what they get and all this other stuff for like $150. Now that's not why I got into beer. Now I do like to, I, I wouldn't say I'm a whale watcher or like go after like the, the great white buffaloes of beer. I'm just fortunate that I have friends that participate in these events or have friends that are willing to trade just in the face value. Nice. That's good. You know, that's fair. And yeah, that's, that's the key point. Try to keep it fair. Yep. Like, of course, if I have a friend that um, was just like, Hey, yeah. So I stood in line for like two hours to get this four pack. I'm going to just like try to reciprocate the appreciation yep. and be a good friend. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, no, just again, the coolest people I've ever met is all because of beer. And what's up with you checking into diet Coke on untapped? I got flagged by untapped. <laughs> I got a warning from untapped. <laughs> so, I was doing dry January and uh, you know, because the winter time you're just like, Oh, stouts to my face. So I was doing dry January and I was at my local beer bar and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can check into a diet Coke. <laughs> I'm so happy you found that. Yeah. You gave it and, That's amazing. And so I checked it in, but here's the thing. I had to add Coca-Cola as a brewery and I had to add Diet Coke as a beer. At least it said non-alcoholic. Yeah. You got that right. <laughs> and then the next day I got an email from Untapped. They didn't really appreciate it. Well, like I love, I love Untapped. But I will say like during that time frame where I wasn't drinking for a month, um, I do wish they would let you still like participate or check in. But I, I get it. It's a it's a an app for beer. One hundred percent respect and untapped and all those folks. It's been an awesome app. But I I just kinda had to chuck I mean, as I was doing it, I was wondering how long it would last there. And uh when I saw solid four point five for Diet Coke. It was the delicious Diet Coke. It was refreshing. Now, you might not remember this, but sometime last year, I think it was at Boston during the, the AWS event, um, I gave you some beer. And I think that's when I gave you, or either was there or when you came to Chicago, I gave you a phase three IPA, not a hazy IPA, but called Lost in the Moment. 
and you commented saying this is the Pliny killer. Like, I feel flattered that you appreciate the beer I gave you, but like, I don't know if it's the Pliny killer. Uh, do you remember that beer? I do vividly. Phase three, if anyone ever listens to this that has affiliation with phase three, they're crushing it. They're doing awesome stuff there. And here was the thing, like, at that time when he gave me that beer, and it was when, uh, it was when I was in Chicago. It's very, I mean, you've given me so much beer. (laughs) Um, No, that was, that was so damn good. I remember because it was nice, clean, bright. West Coast IPA. It's really good. Yeah. Now that's not to hate on Russian river by any means, but I mean, to me, I'm spoiled. Pliny is easily accessible, but to have that phase three beer again, I would hands down turn down a Pliny for that phase three, just because it's just so damn good. And I I think part of it is the novelty that I can't easily get it. It's usually how how that goes to you, right? The human factor of like, oh, I cannot. But I think remember this one because I think we had this conversation when we came to Chicago. Uh, One of the breweries that are not from Chicago, they're from Indiana, but like stones throw here like from Chicagoland, uh, 18th Street Brewery, one of my favorite local breweries here i think was at that bottle share that we met or the the one the following year i brought a beer called bitches bank from 18th street and it's kind of like as my wife would say it's the huna the huna killer right it's kind of like the huna style like mexican spicy uh like stout but mm-hmm. without the hype, right? It's a solid, like, cinnamon, ancho chiles, beer kind of thing. And, but yeah, it's funny. Like, you bring that one, it's like, yeah, that's, it's not easily, easily accessible, but it's way easier than Huna. But she's like, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather have that than, than Huna, that's for sure. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. I'll have both. And <laughs> yeah, Huna I like, but... Oh, where was this? Damn it. There's a brewery. Brie Rabbits? Um, I know I checked in. I checked it in. But it was a brewery that wasn't Cigar City. But I tell you what, man. It tasted like a churro covered in chocolate. And it rem- it just made me so damn happy. Now, it was released around, so when I had it, it was like fall, winter time, and it was at that beer bar, or the the bottle shop craft I was telling you about. Yep. But man, it was, I tell you, hands down, if you didn't know, if you're drinking Huna or this beer, (laughs) you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It was amazing. And... Um, like you're not, you've been well behaved on untapped after the, the diet coke incident. But you gave five to a beer I never heard before, but I heard of the brewery. So if you remember, 
tell us about the beer called Weekend from Prairie? Yes. That, so I have found kind of going back to the roots of when I started drinking beer, like pastry stouts. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, like these pastry stouts, if you try to drink like a full 16 ounce pour of it, you're going to need to call Liberty because they make it easy. Yeah. It's just oh, so much sugar. Yep. But this was like an eight ounce pour. And it was so damn tasty. And what's cool is that we get a, like a handful of beers from Prairie. I've been a huge fan of like their bomb series, like the Pirate Bomb, Birthday Bomb, Christmas Bomb. Um, but this one was, I mentioned I love s'mores beers, and I always think of Ryan's s'more beer that he brought to DC24 as like a bar. Yeah. This almost scratched that itch. Mm. It was just like that mallowy, just chocolatey flavor town. Remember you just said flavor town? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching guys' grocery games a lot. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people think that Guy Fieri is just like this, I don't know, people have opinions about him, but uh, he's done a lot, especially like, so being in Northern Nevada, we were close to those crazy ass fires that were happening in California yeah. a couple years back and hearing that he went out to like cook for all the volunteers and the first responders. He's in awesome. Santa Rosa, right? I think he lives up in Santa Rosa or something like that. Oh yeah. I'm, I don't know. And then finding out that he then started like creating this prototype of a almost like emergency response trailer. That's a full kitchen to be able to provide food to first responders and stuff. Like he's got to win in my book. People might not like him because of his eccentric personality, but you know what? He's he's all right in my book. But yeah, this is just funny. That's funny. But yeah, this, uh, yeah, this weekend was amazing. I'm going to look for that. Uh, I am pretty sure, I, I hope I can find it here in Chicago. But yeah, Usually, I fu- the Pirate Bomb, Christmas Bomb. They had the, have you ever seen the, uh, the four-pack that is the deconstructed bomb? Yeah. So there was a beer bar. So we have a couple beer bars here. Um, there was this one here in Reno called Mellow Fellow. And they had the deconstructed bomb where they had like the vanilla, the just the stout, the pepper, yep. and then oh, what was the cinnamon yep. where you could kind of like be your own mixologist. Yep. And I was, I mean, I just kind of poured them all into a glass and drank it. Yes. But yeah, I thought that was really cool that they did that. Cause like my wife, she doesn't like the pepper back end of yep. what you could sometimes get in a, you know, prairie bomb. Yep. And so I just took the pepper out and just added the three others and she really dug it. The first time I actually had Christmas bomb was at a restaurant in Wichita, Kansas called Anchor. Hmm. So otherwise I just had it in the bottle. Yeah. I remember going, I think it was RSA maybe five, six years ago, can't remember now. And we had one of the Hacker Beer shares uh, that year. But because it was also San Francisco, it coincided with San Francisco Beer Week. So the McKellar Bar was having some like events going on. 
So yeah. they have this event that you, the perennial brewery out of uh, St. Louis, uh, they were there. So they were, they brought like kind of like the ingredients and did the deconstruct kind of thing. So they brought their like stout base because they have what's famous. They, they do a Braxis, which is kind they of- They do a Braxis and then, uh, do they do Sump as sump, well? Yeah. So they had the guy from Perennial, uh, I forget his name now, the brewer. Um, and they had the guy from Sump. So he brought the different coffees and stuff. So it was an event that is like, hey, like here's the base of the beer, try that. Here's the final product and here's the coffee. So you can mix and like do your crazy stuff. It was fun. And That's then awesome. later that year, during I think Fobab, the no, not Fobab, the festival of uh, coffee beers. Um, forget the name now. When I block things out of my mind because something bad happened, I, I don't want to remember. But anyhow, is the coffee beer festival, uh, uppers and downers. Funny name. Um, so I remember the guy from Sump was there just pouring his coffee. So I get in line just to get a coffee. And then I talked to the guy. I'm like, hey, we met in San Francisco at the McKellar Bar. Uh, he's like, yeah. I said, that, that event was such a shit show. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I guess it didn't go as planned. He's like, no, have my coffee. I'm like, okay, good coffee. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too I'm, I'm trying to remember what stout it is but they work with like a, a small roasting company every year and they change it up with That's what crazy. coffee they use for their stout and it's driving me nuts that I cannot remember which one it is what's the brewery I know that's the thing I'm trying to remember that too what's the beer a stout <laughs> it's, an, it's an imperial it's an imperial stout and they use coffee, as redundant as it sounds, but they you I want to say maybe a place in Chicago dark is pr like dark dark matter is dark yeah. matter coffee, yeah. Yeah, so who has used their coffee? Oh, a lot of breweries. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. If you remember, know, cool. send me a note, and then I'll put in the show notes, I guess. Yeah, because it's uh, – maybe it is perennial. Maybe it is sump that no, uses sump different – Sump is always sump because it's sump coffee, right? Oh, okay. Oh, the more you know. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I uh, ungoof myself and figure it out. Well, who else uses – well, there's – does three floyds do that? Three floyds probably do that. And it's not obviously Goose Island. It's, it's not the Baptist from Epic. Yeah, I'll just have to let you know. That's gonna know. drive me nuts. Yeah. After you talk to the cloud, you let me know. Now, speaking of bad beers, because life is not only made of good beers, unfortunately, or bad mm -hmm. ratings. 
one of your bad rate or not bad but really bad 075 for the brewery one of the brewery beers what was wrong with that smoking wood oh my god it was like you were licking a cigar ashtray <laughs> it was like do you want a beer or a cigar to chew on that was gnarly and i remember where i was where i got it i bought the whole damn bottle and because it wasn't at like a all right so for those listening so the story is there's this bar that's on the Truckee river and the river runs through downtown reno and they have like 10 10 drafts and then they have like a nice refrigerator of beer and in the refrigerator of beer you could typically find some cool things and this was again early on in my craft beer journey where the beers that i had from the brewery were like they're barrel aged hard to come by um their christmas series and then some ale smith like darker beers like the speedway stout and so i was thinking like oh okay the brewery it's gonna be this amazing beer that's gonna have like a slight smoke taste to it and so you had to buy the whole bottle and then they'll pour the glass or they'll pour you a glass keep the bottle behind the bar and then you can keep going back to pour it from the bottle they poured me a glass of it and I sniffed and I was like, whew, all right, this is what I'm in for. So then I took a sip and I was like totally taken back by it. Now I'm a firm believer in always try a beer at least twice. Because mm -hmm. sometimes your, your taste buds kind of need to adjust from whatever you were drinking earlier. Now they're just like, oh, hey, now something sweet and smoky versus hoppy and just hoppy brutal and happy. yeah hoppy and happy kind of smoky and so i i took a second sip and man i tell you it was like you were drinking liquid smoke like for those that don't barbecue it just tasted like wood and the thing that bummed me out about it was i spent like 25 dollars on that beer yep and it it was like i was licking an ashtray now smoky beers i had discovered that night aren't my thing <laughs> at all i've had a couple lightly smoked like german beers since then but still they're not my thing so i feel like i had the triple ipa of smoky beers so to speak yeah. if you weren't liking ipas so it was just like Oh yeah, try the most smoky beer in existence. Yep. Or like like having a barley wine and you find out that you hate barley wine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went on a limb and it fought back in one. Now the worst yeah. of, of the worst, if you remember, is a beer from Sierra Nevada, which has a very interesting name. That I cannot read now because it's dark and I'm old. It's trip, trip with the weeds, trip with the woods, tequila barrel wage something. Oh, lime. Yeah, I need to look that up. 
Oh, when, you know what? I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. And like the description sounds terrible to start with. So did it say Alpha Hop Society in front of it? Uh, maybe I don't know. So. Oh yeah, trip in the woods to. Oh, so this wasn't. This wasn't part of the Alpha Hop Society. What the hell is that? It's a nine point three percent. You gave zero point five. Josh, who you might know. No, I don't know if you know Josh. Yes, you know Josh from Defcon. He gave a three seventy five, which is, eh, but it's not zero twenty five. It's not a quarter. So I'll put it out there. I'm not a huge fan of like sour beers. And because again, they give me like instant heartburn right away. But this beer was just something gnarly. <laughs> and I vaguely remember it just reminded me of if you were to take like tequila that comes in the plastic bottle at a corner liquor store, soak it in wood, and then pour like, you know, a four loco over the top and then chew into the wood. That's what it reminded me of. It just wasn't my style at all. Now, I don't know if it was the way, because the bottle looked like pretty beat up. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the way that it was like cellared or if it was like infected or something like that. Like remember the infected um, Bourbon County Stouts that went out? Yep. So I don't know if it was just like a funky bottle, but usually Sierra Nevada puts out like some awesome like one-offs. Oh, there's so that, that was not it. And I can't believe I totally forgot about Sierra Nevada being here in northern like yeah, northern how, California. How far is from, from you? Or how far are you from So China? that would be like three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually a member of their Alpha Hop Society for the first like inaugural year where it was one-offs yep. or just like them kind of piloting beers. Yep. And they did this raspberry, um, what is their barley wine? Raspberry Bigfoot. Huh. So it was a raspberry barley wine and that was really good. But then they went off making like a Isla barrel aged stout. So it was like a Scotch barrel aged stout yep. that tastes like, black licorice and wasn't the best ever <laughs> but it was it was cool to be able to try stuff that wasn't even being released but yeah there was some there was some interesting ones so well, these days you're 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 an ipa guy for the most part given the the summer and everything else yeah actually i'm like a seasonal i go with the wind <laughs> So yeah, for sure. So like the summertime, and you do all that that stuff, right? Yeah, I like I like Pilsners, IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs during the summertime, and then like fall, winter, I typically like switch to stouts, porters, yeah. barley wines. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I mean, today was like a hundred degree day, dry heat. Drinking a stout would not be good. I'm drinking stout, but it's not dry heat. It's just Chicago muggy 
Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering what that was you were drinking. Yeah, it's a very delicious beer. But it was one beer. You drink like three beers and I'm having one. It's all good. It's a Jay Wakefield Omni Polo something. Oh. It's like so I think they I think they had one with a purple label too instead of the green label. Yes, you had no, you had the yes. You had the blush, brush, something like that. Yeah. No, and Jay Wakefield, they just did a collab with Other Half, or was it Long Island? Yeah, they yeah, they yeah usually do that. Yeah, they uh yeah, Jay Wakefield. I I had a beer. So I first got introduced to Jay Wakefield at a bottle share. We were at a friend's house where someone also bet someone to take the like German chocolate cake beer from Fieldwork. Oh yeah. And add it and put it in a blender. Ooh. That so looks, one, there's a lot going on here. That looks awesome. Do you get much of the do you get much of the chili or is that kind of like balancing out the sweetness from Super everything nice. else on that list? I don't have the chili at all. It's more like almonds and coconut. Damn. But it's very boozy. I don't know. How. <laughs> Sitting at like eleven or twelve? Yeah. I don't know. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah, I've had the brush. Yep. Damn. You got a steel trap of the brain there. Yeah, the brush was awesome. Um, I think I have that, but I haven't opened that yet. And that's really good. When I remember where I stashed that in. <laughs> I got a surprise. Hopefully in the in, in fall. Fall, I can find out. Okay, yeah. I think that's it. What else you got awesome. going on? You, you told everyone what's going on. So people are going to kind of be able to find you in at DEFCON safe mode, or maybe yeah. not. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the, the channels. I might not be as active, or as I say, frantically running around with my hair on fire as I, I would typically be at uh, DEFCON. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. I'm Kyle Hacks Y on Twitter um, because I couldn't come up with anything else original. Well, that's good. And I appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was awesome to chat with you yeah. and uh, haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, since last time you were in Chicago. So hopefully yeah. when travel is a thing again. And At Mraz, that was an awesome brewery. Oh, yeah, I was going to actually, well, yeah, let's talk about that a, a little bit because I don't think even though it's one of my favorite breweries in Chicago and not only breweries, but the spot with like, they have a cool tap room, good food, and whatnot, you went there. So let's talk about Mars. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't Mraz, it was Mars. Mars Brewery, that, that place had like a really cool vibe. Like all the beers that we had there were awesome. Um, we have had a couple of their beers get distributed here to Reno, but the lineup that I had when we were there at the brewery was just like phenomenal. And the food yeah, they've, was... They've been really going crazy with IPAs, like hazy IPAs, and they collaborated mm -hmm. with, um, I 
I keep wanting, I want to keep saying cloud water. It's not cloud water. Because they're in the UK. It's the one that I had the beer from Toronto the other day, and I forget the name. Um, not gonna remember. Um, but they also collaborated with uh, some people from New York. So they have like solid hazy IPAs, but they also, I think Moed, who's the, the brewmaster, he won the, one of the local bars here called Beer Temple. They do a competition every year called the, the Tastry Boys. So they invite different breweries like Microphone and other, other folks to kind of make a pastry on, on the go. So I think Ed was a, like one that, that contest um, for pastry boys. And they also make stuff that is not beer. He makes like mate, he makes coffee with CBD oil, he makes like CBD shrubs and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Damn. Yeah, that is cool. And, uh, and the food yeah, that was just like awesome. a, that was just a killer vibe there. You know, I, I don't think I would have ever gone there or discovered it until you told me about it. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever realized it was in Chicago until you're just like, Hey, meet me here. Yep. It's kind of like, it's not too far, but it's not like in, in the touristy areas. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I tell you, the the drive back, um, I was, you know, in a Uber yeah. since I was there. I didn't have a rental car or anything. And the drive back was just give you a killer view of the skyline oh, of yeah, yeah. downtown Chicago. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. And actually, uh, Timothy O'Toole's there in Magnificent Mile. Oh, yeah, that place is good. They have a surprisingly large beer list they do I, I remember going there like the first and second night for dinner when i was there to teach and yep. they had zombie dust in the bottles and whenever i see zombie dust i'm all about it <laughs> and then when i went there to kind of like close out my trip after i uh met up with you and your wife i i go back and i order a zombie dust and they come out with it in the glass I was like, oh, awesome. This is zombie dust. They're like, yeah, we just got a keg of it. And I'm just like, like amazing. I can go home now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about being able to enjoy a beer from a keg, but there's just this satisfying itch that it scratches just to be able to say like, yeah, you had this beer on draft and it was just tapped last night or today. And that's when I then left to the liquor store to get a bottle of Malort and a six-pack of Old Style. There you go. You've got to bring the Chicago handshake back home. Yes. So the brewery and that I, Mars, you, sorry, the, the brewery that Mars usually uh, collaborates with is Collective Arts. They're out of Collective Arts. Yeah, they make great IPAs. Uh, that's actually the beer that I was drinking last week when I talked to Ryan. So. Not that Ryan, the other Ryan. <laughs> so many Ryans. The camping Ryan, not the, not the, I may call the beers Ryan. <laughs> Collective arts. God, now that sounds familiar. You know, I'm going to have to ask Ty if we ever get, because their tin art looks pretty killer. Yeah, yeah, you're going to love their labels. It's pretty cool. Okay, my man, I think that's it.
it was an awesome time to talk with you. Same here. It's been, it's been too long. I know. Usually we see each other in three different cities within like a couple months span. And uh, yeah, here we are. Digitally. Well, we're here. Anytime you want to have a beer, let me know. We can do this without any recording. <laughs> you, uh, you, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm all for it. <laughs>